0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Thawut, and today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 10. And in the Gospel of today, it is written that a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord asked him back a question and said... What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What do you understand from the law? And the lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and to love the neighbor as yourself. And the Lord was very pleased with his answer and said, You have answered rightly do this and you will live and today i want to speak about how we can do this and live and what it means to love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind but before we get into that i want to share an, et- an excerpt from the book uh, called The way of the pilgrim and in this book, The Way of the Pilgrim, I've shared this with many of you, but in this book, the pilgrim, he goes to confess to a priest. And the priest hears his confession. And after the priest hears his confession, he says, Pilgrim, you have no idea how to confess. That was, this confession is very shallow confession. And then this priest told him, No, I'll teach you the right way to confess. And he wrote a great like way to confess, and I want to share with you what he wrote. And in the first thing that the priest said, is that we should confess, all of us, we should confess, me being the first. He says, the first thing that we should confess is that we don't love God. We don't love God. And this priest says why. He says, for if I loved God, then I would constantly be thinking of him with heartfelt satisfaction, every thought of God would fill me with joy and delight. On the contrary, I think more and with greater eagerness about worldly things, while thoughts of God present difficulty and dryness. If I loved Him, if I loved God, then my prayerful communion with Him would nourish, delight, and lead me to uninterrupted union with Him. But on the contrary... Not only do I not delight in prayer, but I find it difficult to pray and I struggle unwillingly. I am weakened by slothfulness and I am almost willing to do anything insignificant only to shorten or end my prayer. Does this sound like any of this? And I know I struggle with this. I struggle unwillingly. In useless occupations, I pay no attention to time. But when I'm thinking about God, when I place myself in my presence, every hour seems like a year. When a person loves another, he spends the entire day unseasonally thinking about his beloved, imagining being with him, imagining going on nice dates, and worrying about him. No matter what he is occupied with, the beloved does not leave his thoughts. And in the course of my day... I barely take one hour to immerse myself deeply in meditation about God and to enkindle within myself love for Him. But for 23 hours, with eagerness, I bring fervent sacrifices to the idols of my passion. He says this is the first thing that we should all confess, is that we don't love God. I think all of us, we need to make this confession I think all of us, we have this problem. We are not living the way the Lord would like us to live. I hope all of us, we have the opportunity to make this confession before God, before our Father of Confession. Because today our Lord, He mentioned two great laws. And these two great laws are what all the law of the prophets hang on these. And the common denominator of these two laws is one word, is Love, love. And I want to share with you four characteristics of love. Four characteristics of love that we need to have. And they all start with us. So you can remember them. The first one is that love needs to be exclusive. Our Lord, our our love is for God alone, our love is solely for Him. I know it's a stretch, just bear with me. Our Lord said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So our love should be exclusive. It should be solely for God. From the beginning, there was always God's people... And then the people of God decided to worship other gods. And then they would be inspired and live among people who didn't believe in God. And unfortunately, there has always been enmity with the people of God and, then, and the people not of God who worshipped other things. And we would learn, unfortunately, the people of God throughout time would learn the bad habits of the ungodly people and learn the disgusting practices of idolatry and bring them to be honest sometimes in like the holy places in the temple we'll see some of that and we are no different the sad irony is that God took the people out of Egypt to go worship him and then Moses goes on a mountain for 40 days and he comes back and he finds the people Breaking the first two commandments. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not have a graven image. Forty days and all it took was that. And then they went back to idol worship. And when you look at the rest of the Bible. The whole Bible. You look at the book of Judges. You look at the book of Kings. You look at all the books of the prophets. You will see that the whole history of mankind. Is a record of The people of God at war with idolatry. Idolatry. And God would establish a covenant with us and we break the covenant and we become unfaithful. And when we say unfaithful, the term that's often used in the scripture is that this is infidelity. And that's why in the scripture, God often, often likens us to an unfaithful woman in marriage. Because we would go after other idols. But even though if we are unfaithful, God is always faithful. He is always faithful. And He wants us to be faithful people. One passage from Jeremiah that was like, you know, He touched me. It says, and you guys know this passage kind of because it's referenced in the New Testament. He says, will you steal... Will you murder? Will you commit adultery? Will you swear falsely and use bad words and do all of these things and walk after other gods whom you do not know and then you come and stand in, in the house, stand before me in this house? He says, this house which is called by my name has become... I think Jeremiah said, this is how the house of God becomes a den of thieves, thieves. Our God is a jealous God, jealous God, not jealous in an evil, malicious, uh, conniving way that we are sometimes jealous. He is jealous because, like in every relationship, he wants us to be exclusive. He wants our exclusive love. He wants the best for us, and he wants us to be with him. And that's why St. Paul, in his second epistle to the Corinthians, when he speaks to the Corinthians, he says, I am jealous for you. I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. He says, I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste version for Christ. He wants us to be exclusively for Christ. And when we give him our exclusive love, we will be transformed. And I think this is the the, tra- the trouble and the struggle these days, is that because our love is not exclusive, we are lacking transformation in our lives. And then we struggle. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And actually, we become like... Like, instead of, you know, when we are transformed, we could be transformed into His image. Otherwise, when we start to sin, and because our love is not exclusive, we become like the idols. There's a psalm, it's Psalm 115, where in the, like the psalmist, he's making fun of idol worship. He's saying they have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have hands, but they can't handle. And then he says at the end, the ones who make the idols... They are like them. They are like them. Why? If you heard the gospel today, they have blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. But if you do not hear, and if you do not listen, you become like the dumb, like the idols. But if you hear and you listen, you become like the sun. Be adopted son of God. I want to close this point with a verse that Joshua said to his people before they went to the promised land. And each person can think about this in their daily life. Joshua, before they would go into the promised land, he said, now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him with sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the, side, the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites whose land you dwell. But as for me in my house, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord exclusively. So everyone, on all the idols that are present, and take away the idols, and make a decision to serve the Lord exclusively, solely. Serve the Lord solely. The second characteristic of love is that our love must be surpassing love. Surpassing love. Exceeding love. Our Lord said in the gospel, he who loves father or mother more than me is not... Worthy of me And he who loves son or daughter more than me Is not worthy of me Our love for God should be Surpassing all other things And there is a reason that Love for neighbor is number two And love for God is number one Love for God is number one Because no one has done what God has done for us Yani, St. John Biul in his epistle We love him because he first Loved us. So because he first loved, him, first loved us, we should first love him. And we should love him firstly because you can't imagine all the good things God has done for us. Not only did He create us in His image and His likeness, He took flesh, He redeemed us, He justified us, He died for us, He gave us adoption as sons, He allowed us to be co-heirs of the kingdom. And after you see all what God has done for you, you don't put Him first in your life. What did anybody else do for you? Anybody, even the closest person to do for you, your husband, your husband, they don't do anything, nothing. they don't do. That not, sorry, and, wives, and again, I couldn't say about, huh? And that, but, but, but no one did anything for God. Did everything for us, so we should put Him number one, number one. And that's why Abraham is such a great character in the Bible, because Abraham realized all that God had done for him, and he put number God number one, and. The, the, the amazing thing is, God, Abraham put God, number one, even before he received any of the good things from God. And after being called by God when he was 75 years old, he waited another 25 years to receive his son, Isaac. And then after maybe another 15 years, God tells him to sacrifice Isaac, like on right there. To sacrifice Isaac. And Abraham does it, surpassing love. This is surpassing love. And Hebrews, when St. Paul is writing the book of Hebrews, and he's talking, thinking about this surpassing love of Abraham, he says, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, concluded that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Saint Paul believes that Abraham had the faith in God That even if he was going to slay That God was going to raise up Isaac This is amazing, surpassing love Surpassing love And this gives us an important lesson Is that when we put God number one Then this gives life to everyone else around us Abraham, surpassing love, actually gave life to Isaac. Gave life to Isaac. And that's why you love God first, and then if you love God first, then you will be able to love everybody else. But if you try to love everybody else first, the world does cruel and this person said this about me, and this person did this, and then this, and then this, and then we get upset, and we get depressed, and then, uh, and then I don't have any love to give. But if my love is coming from God, then I be full of love, and I feel the love of God for me. Then I feel like I can give love to, to everyone. Surpassing love. The third characteristic of love is that our love must be a. Submissive love. Submissive love. Abraham had exclusive love. Holy God. He had surpassing love. And he had submissive love. He was obedient. Love is about obedience. Love is about submission. And that's why in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, look at how our Lord Jesus Christ, he speaks. He says three verses. Verse 15, John 14. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me keep my commandments he who has he who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me that's verse 21 verse 23 if anyone loves me he will keep my word the same chapter over and over and over again if you love me what will you do keep my because love that is submissive love Love is submission. And our Lord Jesus Christ, who is God, for the sake of love, for the sake of love, submitted to the weakness of the flesh. Although he is God, he allowed the divinity to be united with humanity so that our Lord could experience the weakness of the flesh. He submitted to hunger. He submitted to thirst. He submitted to being weary and to being tired. He submitted, the greatest submission, is that He submitted to death on the cross. Even our Lord said, no one can take my life from me, but I lay it down of my I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up. But he submitted for the sake of love to death. Love is about submission. Love is about taking the lowest place. And that's why the beautiful thing is on the Covenant Thursday, what did our Lord Jesus Christ do? Wash the feet of the disciples. Love is about submission. Lastly, love is about submission. The fourth characteristic of, of love is that our love must be enduring love. It must be a sustaining love. Sustaining love. It must be a persevering love. And that's why when St. Paul speaks about love in First Corinthians chapter 13, he says that love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. Love that is not enduring is not love. Gold that rusts, this isn't rusting, it's shakha Gold that is rusting is not, I hate to break it to you, is not gold. Because gold doesn't rust. So if it's rusting, fi iron, fi impurity, fi other stuff mixed in there, and that's rusting. And similarly, if our love is not enduring, there must be some impurity in my heart. There must be some lust. There must be some anger. There must be some resentment. There must be some bitterness. Because where there is love, there is forgiveness. There is grace. There is mercy. And because of these things, we can endure. That's why love can be sustained. Love can be sustained. And that's why if you read the Pauline epistle today, St. Paul, he gives three examples of like what the Christian should be like, and they should be like the soldier. They should be like the athlete. should be like the farmer. What's the common denominator between these three? Is that these people have to endure. All of them have to endure. Love has to endure. We love God with all our our hearts when we love Him exclusively, solely. We love God with all our soul when we find our satisfaction in Him more than anything else when our love is surpassing, when our our love for God surpasses all other things. We love God with all our mind when we decide each and every day to obey, to submit to the will of God. We love God with all our strength, when we can endure, when we can, when we can have this sustaining love. I came across the account of a, a saint named Saint Habib the Deacon. Saint Habib the Deacon lived in the 4th century. He was martyred by an emperor called Lucianus. And I want to what's interesting about this account is that this saint account, it was actually discovered very recently, he's a Syrian saint, I believe. But what's nice about this account is that in this account it has all the dialogue between the saint and the like and the emperor. So you see how they were interacting, and oftentimes when we read the Sinexar, it just says, oh, they were so tortured, they were beheaded, and glory be to God forever, amen. But it doesn't tell us what was being like, what is being said. And so this account has a lot of the interaction that is in it. And if you see this interaction, you'll see how someone loves God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their mind, with all of their strength. In just, just like all of the martyrs of our church I want to share with you a little piece of it Ashen is they How much these people loved God Yeah So it, the story goes Is that there was an edict That you couldn't worship uh, You couldn't be Christian Where well, he's a deacon in the church or well, he doesn't listen to kalam Keda, So he's still serving So word got to the emperor And the governors of the place That he is still preaching and doing his service and so, they decided to arrest his family. And so, you'd think this would be, like, terrified. This guy, Saint Habib, he has surpassing love. And so, he actually went to the deputy of the governor and said, Hi, my name is Habib. I'm here. Weren't you looking for me? I'm here. And they go, the, the deputy of the governor said, if you, are, if you are smart, just go away. Go hide. Go hide. He said, the emperor, he's going to forget. He's going to let your family go free, and you'll be fine. And just, each hayatek. Saint Habib, what he said, he said, it is not about my family and the inhabitants of my village that I am concerned, but for my own salvation, lest it should be forfeited. So he said, I'm not going anywhere. You can kill me, arrest me, you could kill my family. I don't care. I'm here for my... Salvation. Then the the deputy was like stunned. What is this guy doing? Took him into custody. Then the emperor came, or the governor came and said, Why have you transgressed and refused to sacrifice to Zeus, whom the emperor worships? And Habib said, St. Habib said, We are Christians. We do not worship the works of men who are nothing, whose works are also nothing, but we worship... We worship God who made man. You see this? He had exclusive love. Oh, solely for, for God. The governor said, by this very thing you, that you refuse to worship him, you insult the god Zeus. Saint Habib, funny, he said, I insulted Zeus? How about the carpenter that was carving the wood into Zeus? I'm sure that hurt your idol more than me not bowing down to him. This enraged the governor, and they started to bring the torture to him. And then the governor said, Let him be stretched out and scourged with whips until there remain not a place in his body which has not been scourged. And he lets beat him like heavily. And then St. Habib said, As for these afflictions, which you suppose to be so bitter with their lacerations, out of them, out of all of these lacerations, are plated crowns of victory for those who endure them. The crown of victory. Enduring love. Enduring love. And then he said, Those who die for the sake of the name of Christ and those who worship and worship, not those objects made of hands and are created, will find their life in the presence of God. But for those who love the life like their time here, those who love the life of time more than that, he said their torment will be forever. I hope all of us, we could have, and it goes on. I just shared with you a little piece. But just to see how the saints of our church, they loved God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, with all of their strength, with all of their mind. We need to first repent and come and say we don't. And then hopefully the love of God will fill us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.